Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Timothy. Today is episode 707, and we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Let's read the passage. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. This is Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul had left Timothy in Ephesus to deal with some things that need taken care of, primarily dealing with false teachers. That was the beginning of 1 Timothy. But now, three or four years later, Timothy is still there. And things have changed. Paul has been arrested, charged with criminal activity as an enemy of the empire of Rome. And so he's facing execution. He'd like Timothy to come visit him in Rome. But he knows that that may not occur. He's sending this as potentially his final communication with Timothy. He wants Timothy to take over the reins of the ministry. And with Paul no longer there, Timothy would continue on with Paul's ministry. And so he's bringing it to a close here as he's really bringing this charge to Timothy. In chapter 4, now verse 1, he says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom. Then he goes on with what he's charging him to do, to preach the word, essentially. Now, this is big talk here. I charge you before God and Christ Jesus? Well, these aren't just words. This is serious business. Paul's very serious about what he's calling Timothy to do. He's not asking Timothy to run an errand for him. He's asking Timothy to continue in this incredibly important ministry, potentially lose his own life, to continue proclaiming the word of God, planting churches, discipling leaders. And so this is important stuff. Now this is the kind of words you would use in an installation ceremony, a very formal affair where you stand there and say, I charge you to do this. He's doing it in the letter because he may not have a chance to do it in person. So he's calling the witnesses God, Jesus Christ. And they are the witnesses that I'm calling you to do this in front of. He he brings the gravity of this. They're going to judge the living and the dead because of his appearing in the kingdom. So there's a lot of nuances there. The background that people need to hear the gospel because there will be judgment. And his appearing in his kingdom, this speaks to the 
reliability of the gospel is not just something somebody made up. It's based on the coming of Christ, the establishing of the kingdom by Christ. So it is a real thing, and you can count on it. Now here's the actual, what he's charging him to do, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience in teaching. So the charge is to preach the word. Now the word preach could be translated proclaim. That's what he's essentially telling him to do. Proclaim the word. And by the word, he means the word of God. The gospel. Now the, the language here, in season and out of season. Basically, he's just saying any time. Whether it's convenient or not convenient. Whether it seems appropriate or inappropriate. The, the point here is preach the word at all times. Be ready to preach the word. So key word there, be ready. Be ready in any circumstance to proclaim the gospel. Now, is he talking about proclaiming it to believers or to unbelievers? Say, I don't think he's not differentiating there. He's basically whoever, whoever needs to hear it, be ready to proclaim it. The words that follow could include both believers and unbelievers. So you're supposed to correct, rebuke, and encourage with, with great patience and teaching. So correct. Correct could also be translated as convict. There's error that needs to be corrected. Or conviction to show that you are in error and to motivate to correct. It could be the conviction of being a sinner and needing to come to Christ, to be forgiven of sin. It could be to uh, correct and be convicted of some kind of error that you need to correct. So the whole point here is showing that you're wrong in order to motivate you to seek correction. So correct. Rebuke. Rebuke is a sharper word to admonish sharply, to charge with error. You convict by showing someone that they are in the wrong with the idea of motivating them to seek correction. Rebuke is calling them out. You are wrong. You are sinning here. So it's more of a sharp criticism. And encourage. That's a much more positive note to help somebody move forward. And you're supposed to do all that with great patience in teaching. Well, back in chapter 3, he had charged Timothy with having patience even with the false teachers, patience in gentleness. So here, great patience with his teaching with everyone. So he's to proclaim the word and provide teaching with patience in order to provide correction, rebuking, and encouragement. Now verse 3 is talking about the need. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Well, back at the beginning of chapter 3, he said that hard times will come in the last days. Now, his point there was, and we are in the last days, and hard times have come. I think he's kind of using the same language here for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine i think he's saying and we're there and it will only get worse so people aren't going to put up with sound doctrine 
And that's a problem because he had just charged Timothy to providing sound doctrine. But people aren't going to put up with that. Instead, they will multiply teachers for themselves. Now, multiply, is the, the nuance there is like heaping up, uh, gathering for themselves. So they're actually going to seek out and create these stores of false teachers, teachers who will tell them what they want to hear, who will scratch their itching ear and tell them what they want to hear. Now, this is something we, we see today. People say, I don't want to hear the truth of the Bible. You know, worded that way. I don't like that particular doctrine, so I will find somebody to tell me something different. Or, just the plain old Bible truth, that's, that's not exciting. I want to be entertained. So people are going to gather teachers around that they want to hear because they're going to tell them the things they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth of the Bible because that corrects and rebukes. It says in verse 4, they will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Well, that was a problem he pointed out in 1 Timothy. He said the problem is these false teachers are teaching myths and in endless genealogies. So that's something that's already been going on. So people turn aside from correct doctrine to myths. In verse 5, but as for you. So that's what people are going to do. But you, Timothy, this is what I want you to do. Exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Well, this is pretty self-explanatory. Self-control. Okay, yeah, you've got to be under control in everything. you got to endure hardship because hard times will come in the last days. And fulfill your ministry. Do what you've been called to do. Now, do the work of an evangelist. What is he talking about there? Evangelist is not a word we see much in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, when Paul returned on his way to Jerusalem, they stopped and they saw Philip the evangelist. In 1 Timothy, Paul talked about God having given gifts to the church, apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers, and evangelists. So what's an evangelist? Well, somebody who does evangelism. And what is evangelism? Evangelism is proclaiming the good news. The good news is the gospel. So someone who proclaims the gospel is an evangelist. And that is evangelizing. So he says, do the work of an evangelist. He could just as easily said, proclaim the good news. Now, is it meant to be an actual office or more of a function? I, I, I don't know. And people argue either way. I don't know that it matters because somebody in that office would be fulfilling that function. But the point is, he's telling Timothy, proclaim the good news. Proclaim the gospel. That's what evangelists do. Do that. And that goes along with, up in verse 2, preach the word. Then verse 6, Paul shifts and talks about himself now. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. Now, he mentioned that being a drink offering in his letter to the Philippian church. That was during his first imprisonment, where he was under house arrest over the appeal about the goings-on back in Jerusalem. There it was more of a, 
well, I, I might be poured out as a drink offering. Here it's much more certain he is going to be poured out like a drink offering. Drink offering was something that was in addition to the main offering, something added to. So some wine would be poured out in addition to the burnt offering or the grain offering. And so what's he mean by it? It's hard to say other than he sees his life as an offering to God, adding to perhaps what Christ has already done, that he's carried on that ministry. But point being, it's a sacrifice. His life is a sacrifice. And he adds, my time for my departure is close. He's not saying it might be, could be. I don't think so, like he did in Philippians here. It sounds pretty certain. He knows he's going to be executed and probably not too far off. Verse 7, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. So here he's talking about his life. He's finished the race, fought the good fight, kept the faith. Then this crown of righteousness, that goes along with the finish the race. Because in an athletic competition, a race, you finish the race, you receive a crown. By the crown, it's a wreath. It's a wreath that you wear, a laurel that you uh, would wear on your head. It's just a symbol of having finished the race. He specifically calls it a crown of righteousness. Now, what does that mean? There's a lot of debate and conjecture over what it means. The, the best explanation I've seen is that the crown he receives for finishing the race, and what that crown is, is righteousness. And so at his death, he will then be in a permanent and perfect state of righteousness. So you could say the crown, which is righteousness, that will be my reward for finishing the race of my life. And he adds, not only me, but all those who have loved his appearing, saying there that anyone who loves the Lord, has served the Lord, has been faithful to the Lord, will receive this crown of righteousness at the end. So Paul's wrapping things up. He's charging Timothy to carry on with the ministry. He's not going to be doing much himself for much longer, and he's dependent on Timothy, his trusted associate, to carry on in his place. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Timothy.